Welcome to Santa Fe College. My name is Vilma Fuentes, and this is our podcast, Developing Global Citizens. Uh, today, we are honored to have a very special guest with us. Actually, they're all special guests, but this is a super extra special guest. Uh, we are joined by Dr. Mona Ahmed Ashur, who is a visiting Fulbright Scholar in Residence from Egypt. Mona, welcome to our program. Thank you, Velma. So good to have you here. So uh, you. you are coming from, you know, almost halfway around the world, certainly another continent in an area very different uh, from Einstein's University. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from and what you do over there. And then I'll ask you a few more questions. Thank you, Velma, for this wonderful introduction. Um, I'm from uh, Egypt. I was born in Cairo, and I have been graduated from Faculty of Education in Ain Shams University, and Ain Shams University is also in Cairo in Egypt. And um, I got my PhD in uh, English literature, especially on ecofeminism, and um, I'm also interested in many other uh, uh, fields and many other specializations like English language teaching, uh, TESOL, um, ESP teaching English for a specific purpose, uh, also many other fields which is related to English literature like women's studies, like comparative literature, um, and many others. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're so excited that you're here with us. Um, for those of you joining us and listening, Dr. Ashur is here to co-teach uh, uh, regular classes, to give guest lectures in class, out of class, community lectures, visit neighboring community colleges and such. And it's a real gift to the area. So um, I I'm just curious. So you've been here a few months, about five months already. So speaking about independence, this was, uh, so you mentioned that you were, uh, you're interested in ecofeminism and, and feminist literature. Yes. Uh, your coming here was uh, quite, uh, certainly not the thing that a normal Egyptian woman would do, right? It's it's a big shout to independence um, because uh, tell me what you left behind. Mm. Okay, so coming here was a great challenge for me because I, I had to choose either to come here alone without my kids and to be separated from them for the first time or to refuse or to reject the whole chance from the very beginning. How old are your children? I have three children. I have twin girls. They are about nine years old. And Mazen, he's three years old boy. <laughs> and, and, <I'm> <laughs> and you left them with whom? <laughs> yeah, I left them with their father, who actually was working in Saudi Arabia. And in order for me to come here, he just ended his contract with the, the Ammul Qura University in, in Saudi Arabia. And he went, came back to Egypt to just sit with them and to take care with them in order for me to come here. So right now, what you're describing in the U.S. would be, I would be thinking, oh, so you were divorced. He was living no. in another. No, no, no. You're no, not no, divorced. No, no. No, you're no, still no. married. Yes, we are. But he was living in Saudi Arabia. Yes, it's it, some. It's somehow normal in Egypt to for some men to go outside Egypt to work in order to maintain a good or um, a high quality lifestyle for our family or for our children to get a good kind of education and a good kind of of future for our for our ch children so it, it's it's not bad because he he was working for 
the the best of our family and he was he was coming from Saudi Arabia every, every two or three months mm-hmm. and sitting with us not for a long time maybe for one or two weeks but he was with us all the time of course I yeah. understand. So, uh, but how common is it for an Egyptian woman to leave the country and it's, leave the family? Yes, it's not common. Yeah. It's not common. But let me tell you that in the in the last two decades, it became somehow common for Egyptian women to travel alone and to to go for work and come back again. But let me let me say say that not it's it's not so popular in the, in the cultural and the, the ideological system of, of Egypt to to permit women to go outside a lot outside of Egypt I mean but it's 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 it started to to be normal and started to be and people and men in Egypt started to to just to get this kind of awareness of women rights and, and women should should go and take their chance to accomplish themselves and to actualize themselves. So how many international trips have you taken and how many of them have you taken by yourself? Uh, I uh, just before coming to the US Correct. I had I had one international trip to Saudi Arabia for <laughs> pilgrimage but I have never been outside Egypt before coming to b- before going to Saudi Arabia and my second international trip is is to to US. So what this is like, woo, you're going crazy and being really independent. How? Yes. Uh, so your first few days in the United States, like when you first came here and you had to get an apartment and you were all by yourself. And uh, how, how did you feel? Yes. And and let's let's talk about like five months later. How do you feel, you know, taking the bus alone and doing all these things? Yeah. So um, <laughs> let's make it cl- clear. From the very beginning, I was so much afraid yes. because I'm alone for the first time in a foreign country without my family. So and I and th- th- although I am a-, a-, a professor in English literature and I have taught American literature for many years and I I know a lot about the American culture, but I was still afraid. Uh, because 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 of the media because of the image of the american society that the american film actually transfer to our uh, uh, let's say to our middle east world because w- when we see that kind of high violence in american films we we st- we, we are so much worried about h- how life is going on in the american society So, so I want to pick on this a little bit because yeah. I distinctly remember you're being scared when you realized you had an apartment on the first floor yes. and that scared you. And then it, it, it was not only that, but there was a sliding glass door in the back and that yes. scared you. <laughs> and then uh, the Cox cable man was coming to your house to set up the cable. And you were <laughs> like, no, a man's coming. <laughs> I, I remember these things. Yes. Um, but, uh, but why did the Cox cable man scare you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because in Egypt, It's not so safe to let anybody, especially if you are uh, a woman and you are sitting alone at home, it's not very safe to, to get a man inside your house. And and if something happened, if any kind of, of let me say, harassment or violence is going to happen, you should prove it in order to get your right in Egypt. It's, it's, it's mainly about law in Egypt. It's not about culture because 
culture may permit something like this to happen and people uh, uh, maybe are and men like from this kind maybe not afraid to do something wrong because you have to prove it and if you are not going to prove it or if you are not uh, if you are unable to prove it it's it's okay for them so that's why i was so much <laughs> afraid but nowadays i'm so much feeling safe i just leave my the door of my balcony i just leave <laughs> i'm just leaving my windows open and go out no problem because i'm feeling safe okay i'm feeling home Wonderful. You should probably close the windows, though, and all when you leave the house. But if you're inside the house, sure, open them up. It's beautiful weather outside. Yes. Um, and, and the other thing is you went from Cairo, like a city of millions of people, to Gainesville. 16 millions. Yeah. So, wait, 60? 16. 16 million. Yes. yes 16 million people to Gainesville, right? <laughs> and Gainesville, the greater Gainesville area, maybe has like 300,000. I'm somewhere around there. It's a very big difference, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so when you're in the buses, for instance, compare riding the bus here to riding public transportation in Egypt. No comparison at all. <laughs> <laughs> because passes in Egypt are so crowded and and you can sometimes you can find a place to stand not to sit to stand but here sometimes I'm the only one in the pass for the whole, <laughs> for the whole trip <laughs> Um, so, so as a feminist let's put your feminist hat on for a second let's talk about uh, what impressions do you have about women in the United States compared to women in Egypt? Mm. Like, what images did you have of women here in America before you came? And has it changed at all? Just talk about that a little, please. Before coming here, I, I had my image about the, 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 the American women from literature. Because so. <laughs> you're a <laughs> professor of literature. That makes sense. Okay. Yes, but when I came here, wow. Wow, I like <laughs> I like how much you are financially independent, how much you are just struggling in life as much as men doing and you have are standing on the same ground and you have the same opportunities and you are not so much afraid to to go and ask for more education and to ask for higher position and you, you are so independent and and I like how do you manage your life between many things. Um, I've, I've heard you actually give some lectures and presentations about education in Egypt and 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 talk about how gendered it is also. Can you talk about that? So education in general and specifically focusing on women, because I mean, here you are sitting with a Ph.D. and maybe in a college campus in the U.S. people wouldn't think twice about it, but how accessible is education? Do all families send their girls to school? Just talk to us about that. Actually, nowadays, the, the, the educational opportunities are available for both men and women in Egypt. So it, there is no kind of uh, a difference between the opportunities which are available for both. So now girls and women in Egypt can go and take PhD and they can take whatever kind of employment they, they like to do. Maybe in the last century, it was not the same, but I mean, in the previous century. But nowadays, they are standing on the same ground. Excellent. Yes. So 
so maybe it's not that different. I mean, you're because you said, wow, things are so different. Women, you know, but it sounds like maybe it's a little similar. No, I'm talking about women who are actually after finishing. I'm talking about that that age or the, or this uh, uh, period when, when you finish your education and you start your working career. Uh huh. Th- that's where it's different yes why to explain that to so so at the university in Einschamps you have men and women yes we have men and men and women of course okay. professors equal yes they are equal so but when the students graduate with their bachelor's or any other degree yes then it becomes different yes the difference happens when they start getting married uh-huh. Yeah, and everything is different after that. Explain that to us, please. Yes, because when men are married after finishing the university, they are they are they, they do not have any problems with continuing uh, uh, growing in in I mean on the level of employment. Mm-hmm. But after marriage, for for women to to keep work and to keep uh, being upgraded in their work, it's not easy. And for many Egyptian women, it's it's some kind of a great challenge. So would it be safe to say that most Egyptian women stop working and leave the labor market after having children? No, because it's not an, an option for for Egyptian woman to, to, to leave work because the money that she is getting out of her work is is part is essential part of the income of any family any Egyptian family nowadays now so uh, um, for for Egyptian women they they have to work but maybe they are not so much engaged with how to to be upgraded aha uh-huh. so the promotions at work are more for men and is it because the women are more worried about taking care of the house and the children maybe maybe yes yes maybe it's it it, it engage a bi- the biggest part of their concentration Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and um, so, is there a difference between urban and rural areas? I mean, you're a city girl, is what we would call yes. it in the U.S. A big, big, big city. <laughs> is there a difference in the way women uh, behave in education and in the workforce in rural areas? Yes, for a certain limit. Yes, it's there is still this difference between women in rural governates in Egypt and in this in the big cities. But it's it's better now. Women in rural areas are getting education, and I they are th- searching for better opportunities for work. But but still, this cultural conception about that women should be good wives and good mothers first before being good in their work still somehow implemented in our Egyptian cultural system. So. T- tell me about some of the more adventurous things you've done since you came to the United States. Oh, a lot of things. Yeah, I know. <laughs> tell us a little bit. So when I came here, you took me to Gainesville Health and Fitness Center. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, I'm in a gym for the Woo-hoo! first <laughs> for the first time, by the way, in my life because. Despite I'm going to the sporting club and I I'm taking my girls to 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 their sporting classes, but I never try to go myself to a uh-huh. gym. Uh-huh. So for the first time, I'm going to the gym and I'm I'm. You're s- taking swimming classes. Yes, I'm taking <laughs> swimming classes with Lauren. 
whom I love so much and she's she's making good work with me on swimming and I also taking yoga classes with Kathy <laughs> and what else yes and I tried uh, uh, horse and riding classes with Dr. Sarah Servan um, and many things which which were which are completely uh, uh, different from what I'm doing in Egypt and and things I have never dreamed about doing <laughs> and actually something uh, I've been really impressed by how much you've done in five years and I mean in five months and how much you've come you actually disappeared once and like uh went for a few days to um Cedar Key all yes. by yourself yes yes Cedar <laughs> Key it's a beautiful island wonderful and it's so quiet and people are so friendly and I I stayed in a writer's retreat Ooh. So it's so quiet, a good weather and a good atmosphere. So you can write whatever you want. You can do research work. Mm -hmm. You can go and see the golf and do some pool traps. And I visited many islands around Cedar Key. Excellent. Now, I know you also recently visited Washington, D.C., which is it is a big city. It's our capital. You're coming from the capital of Egypt. So you yes. visited the capital of the United States, essential. Yes. How, how is it the same or different from <laughs> Gainesville? Yes, it's completely different. <laughs> it's so much like Cairo. It's it's about it's all about business and people there are just so, so much engaged with just business and working and and I, I mean, here in Gainesville, there is a great space of human relationships and people are so passionate and so friendly. Maybe in Washington, people are so much engaged with uh, business. <laughs> right. So you mentioned something to me about uh, that when you're in Cairo, you don't look at people in the eyes. And that, uh, and you were saying something like that to me about Cairo and about Washington and Gainesville. C compare what your experience is, please. Mm, yes, my my experience in Cairo when I when I go in, um, let's say in public places in in some public streets in in Cairo. Um, for me, as Mona, I do not like to. To, to look at the eyes of everyone around me because it's not it's not bad it's not good but but for me it's better because because it's not popular in Egypt to to say hi for everyone <laughs> yes but here everyone is saying hi to everyone which is good by the way and there is something which is wonderful about Gainesville, uh -huh. yeah. When they when they see someone who is beautiful, mm -hmm. or when they see you wearing a beautiful play, uh, clothes, they say, "I like your jacket. I like how you do your eyeliner. <laughs> I like your scarf." I, and they are just giving me this kind of happiness <laughs> that <laughs> that's how much you are so faithful and so. And so much uh, um, feeling your own inner beauty mm -hmm. to the to the limit that you are able to tell others that they are beautiful. Because if you are not feeling your inner beauty, you can never reach the limit of telling others you are beauty. You are beautiful, and uh, I like what you are wearing. I like how you are talking, uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, so. I don't know. What would you want to tell your Egyptian students about the United States? Uh, 
that you know if all they ever see is what's on tv or in the movies Mm. yes i will tell them what i have told my egyptian students before doing the virtual exchange lectures i will tell them that when i came here i found that one of the main foundations of the american culture is respect to respect the other whatever his or her religion cultural cultural perspective uh, whatever your background is here it's all about how do you how do you respect the other how do you re- respect your limits how do you work and exert efforts in your work so here there is a system and there is a discipline and that's what i'm going to tell my kids and my students in Egypt. What we really miss in Egypt is to have some kind of a discipline that key, that keeps respect over all kinds of relationships. So here I'm, I'm feeling respect in everyone's eyes and I never met anyone who's not, who's not feeling good with my scarf or who's not feeling good with, with talking with me as an Arab or as a Muslim, that, that never happened actually. So, so what would you tell someone here in the U.S. about why are you wearing the hijab? <laughs> you know, why, why are you, why, what message would you give them about Islamic society or Egyptian society? I want to say that wearing a hijab in Islam is also about respect, mm-hmm. about respecting my religion, about respecting my uh, behavior. So because it's not about wearing a, a, a piece of clothes, it's it's about uh, doing certain behaviors and and respecting my religion and my background according to a certain limits. So Islam is mainly about respect, respect and respecting women in particular, because women are so much appreciated and respected in Islam. And according to the Islamic law, women are so much encouraged to to get education and to get all kinds of opportunities of employment. So Islam never negate any kind of development for women. Excellent. Thank you. um, so explain to me, help, help me understand. I've never been in a in an Egyptian university teaching. What is it like to teach in an Egyptian university aside from its being really large? I mean, do students talk to you? Do the what are the tests like? And how m- might you return a different professor? Okay, so uh, to teach in, in a university in Egypt, um, you are going to have if it's going to be a a, a faculty with a, a lot of students. That this means that you are going to have, especially which is n- which is not practical or not medical faculty. You are going to have a lot of students at the same room. So we are talking about one hundred and more mm-hmm. at the same class. So for me as Mona to manage a class of one hundred students. I, I have no other choice but dividing them into groups. Mm-hmm. And those groups are not going to be small groups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about maybe 15 members at the same, at one group, in order to manage this big class, especially if I'm going to teach language skills, or I'm going to teach writing, or I'm going to teach creative writing or, or English literature. Mm-hmm. So in order to manage that class, we, I have to work in groups. I have no other choice. This is one point. Another point 
is that we, we do not have a lot of time or a lot of chances to, to be engaged with the students directly or to give them space to come out and do presentations. And we, I'm doing this, but if every student has just one one opportunity to come out and present for for one or two minutes this is going to be a miracle <laughs> during during the same syllabus i'm talking about just one syllabus one, or one class or like one, one semester se one semester so this is going to be <laughs> wow for for them just for any students to come for one uh, one or two minutes to present do they speak in class like when you're lecturing do they raise their hand do they ask questions do they engage yes you? yeah they, they do that but not all of them uh -huh. Because of the big, the big numbers, right. many people who are sitting in the back, they are not <laughs> engaged with me. But but the the group work is is going to to get them engaged. Right. That's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm all the time making group work. But uh, um, if we are going to move to the teaching methodologies, one thing I want to tell you about my Egyptian classes is that. If you if if we are going to do some discussion or a debate activity, I have to teach them first how to do a debate. So we have to take a <laughs> class before the activity, talking about the ethics of debate, because I'm I'm not expecting that they know everything about debating and and how can we organize it and how can we stick to the ethics of debates. So uh, I have to do it first, and then we can do the activity. This is another thing about teaching methodologies. For the testing, this is a big problem in Egypt because in Egypt, students are accustomed to memorize since primary stage. So now um, uh, when I go back to Egypt, I will make a revolutionary change in, in my teaching strategies and in my testing strategies because I will start doing quizzes just as you like, as, as you make here weekly quizzes so we can students can be tested every week about what they have done what they have uh, understood from the, the 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 lecture of that week so and and I'm also going to to do some MCQ questions and some reflective questions Ooh. some comparing <laughs> questions more higher, more yeah. more of this because Hi, higher order thinking of course yes yes so I'm I'm doing usually I'm trying to to push I'm struggling with my Egyptian students to do that, but not a lot and I don't have a lot of 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 those who can support me to do that. But when I go back, this is going to be a lot of this. Got it. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. I'm just gonna look at you, Mona. Or just this week, so that all of you know, I've heard her give two lectures to two community groups about the first one was gender and education. And then today you were talking about women in Egypt to Altrusa Club. And um, the message that I got there, I mean, you said it quite clearly, is here in the U.S. we're used to as women standing on the same footing as men, but that it's not the same in Egypt. But what you told me so far isn't that. Right. You've made it sound like if it's all equal, it's equal in the schools. They have access to, e you know, I, I don't understand. I, maybe yes. okay. uh, I'm to, uh, to in, in the Altrosa Club's lecture. I'm to I'm to I have talked about 
uh, uh, the, the women rights in different historical eras. Correct. So women rights actually go forth and back, and 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 they, it it changed a lot by the passage of time. But if I'm if I'm going to take about the last century in the history of Egypt, no, women are so much empowered, especially after the Arab Spring Revolution. Tell me about that. Were women involved in the Arab Spring? Yes, sure. A lot of women, actually. Were they respected in the Arab Spring? Somehow respected and somehow because of the crowdness, yes, somehow many violations actually happened, but but they persisted and they were so much uh, 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 um, decisive that we are going to, to share and we are going to have voice. And because of that, we have won many rights in the in the following years. So when you say they had many violations in Tahiri Square, I think is maybe what we would call rape? No, no, no. No, 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 no not it, rape. No, 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 not rape. No. Okay, but they were sexually harassed is what you're saying. Sometimes, yes, something like this. But but it, we shall not generalize. Understood. But it happened, yes. Okay, but they persisted and they were part mm. of the revolution. Yes. And the revolution has continued. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> So Mona, you say you're so impressed about American women and this and that, and I, I have to tell you, I think that for a lot of, uh, a lot of Americans, when they think of the Arab world and specifically uh, Muslim women, they they associate the hijab with restrictions. You have no freedoms. You can't move, and and they might be thinking, oh yes, you never left your home. Uh, how? It, is that how you see yourself? You always wear a hijab. Yes, I'm always wearing hijab. And just look at me. I'm here in U.S. alone. Riding a horse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I have a PhD. I'm a, I'm a university professor. So there is no problem with hijab because hijab is no more a restriction. And w in, in the historical eras where hij when hijab was a restriction, it was mainly a cultural component. Do all Muslim women in Egypt veil? No. no. Many don't, are not and many are veiled. But, and, and it's okay. No problem with that. A religious choice. Yes, it's right. a religious choice. Yeah. So I know this has been difficult for you just having to leave your children. How are you managing now in the U.S.? How do you communicate with them? Uh, do you think, just tell us about that. Okay, <clears throat> so let me tell me tell you that from the very beginning, I knew very well that this is going to be the hardest thing in the in this journey, just leaving them alone for the first time to be away from me. And sometimes I'm I just woke up in the morning and I want to hold them, I want of to course. kiss them, <laughs> but and, and I'm t we are talking every day over Zoom, over Messenger and video calls all the time. But what what is most difficult is is what happens with my son, with my little son, because he cannot understand where am I. And <laughs> I just want them to share the experience with me. Right. That was that was a dream. And hope I I hope I can get them even for just one month to share my experience with the American culture and to live everything and to see Disneyland and then just just to, to, to feel some kind of fun and to 
and to just regain them what the bad time that they passed with. So if it makes you feel better, when I was a little girl, my mother was a stewardess for uh, an airline and she was gone a lot. And I used to worry when she was gone, you know, and will she, will she come back? Will she, will she get hurt? Will the plane fall? And I distinctly remember I was 10 years old when she went to Egypt. And here's my mother visiting the pyramids and on a camel and all those images that every student that or every person that's not from Egypt imagines. And, and I just thought, wow, someday, wow, maybe. And years later, when I was in my 40s, I had the opportunity to travel to Cairo for a week. And it was, to me, a dream come true. And suddenly, I was on the camel, and I was taking the pictures and sending it to my girls, saying, okay, I want you here, but leave that little grain of uh, thought in their minds that, you know, someday it'll be you. Well, I want to thank you for uh, sharing your story with us, sharing your life, for being here with us. Uh, it's been an absolutely delight. It's been a gift to us, to our students, uh, to our faculty. We continue to grow. Uh, you are helping us develop more globally competent and conscious citizens. And I know that your children, your students are learning from you just by seeing you here. And I, uh, I'm confident that when you return, um, you will help advance mutual friendship and understanding between our two countries um, and help create a future generation of, of global citizens. So thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> it's a pleasure and an honor to won this scholarship from the Full Pride Commission. So thanks to Full Pride. And to the U.S. Department of State that funds yes, them. <laughs> yes, sure. Thank you so much for giving me this wonderful chance to get in touch with the American society, with the American educational system, and to develop myself and and to just transfer my cultural perspectives to to everyone here in Santa Fe College and even outside Santa Fe College. And I hope uh, I'm struggling every day that I should be a good ambassador of my country, Egypt, of my cultural background as Arab and Muslim. And I hope that I can give you a good model image about my background. And when I go back, I will be so careful about, about just giving the real image about the American society and how the Americans are dealing with Islam and how you saw, you are accepting and respecting the other and how there is a, some kind of discipline here that uh, that just maintain respect to everyone. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for being a citizen ambassador. Thank you. It's a pleasure.